Welcome to Conversations with Sarah. I'm your host, Sarah Redham, therapeutic coach, creator of the Self-Care Club membership and author of the Self-Care Journey books. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe to be notified of new episodes. So today I'm joined by Lauren Hughes from Affinity Women's Networking, and we're going to have a conversation about community and connection. Thank you for joining me, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. It's lovely to be here. Um, so I'm really kind of excited to talk with you. I know like some of your story that you're going to share is quite personal, um, but I feel like we've got some real kind of common ground and things that are important to us both that I'm hoping we can share out for people that are listening. Uh, for those that don't know you, would you like to share a little about yourself, please? Yeah, of course. Um, I think I'd probably start by describing myself as a bit of a walking paradox. So um, I can be horribly intense uh, but also incredibly light and a little bit weird and wonky. Um, I'm very sciencey but I also love a bit of weirdy woo. Um, I would describe myself as overly enthusiastic. Uh, my mum once described me as incessantly helpful with a little bit of venom in her voice. I think I may have been irritating her at that moment <laughs> in time, just pandering to her making sure she was okay. Um, I am deeply empathetic. I love working with people. Um, I also quite like being on my own. <laughs> so there's lots of lots of paradoxes, but I accept all of these things about myself. It has been a journey, um, but I think that I've gotten to a place now. Let's face it, we're never there. Oh, we were never fully there. It's always Absolutely a journey, always a work in progress. But I've definitely gotten to a place where I have deeply accepted all of these things about me. And occasionally things come up that I don't feel comfortable with, um, but I then look at working on those things, unless unless somebody else has asked me to work on those things, in which case they're not the people for me and that's fine. So there's um, it's been a journey for me. I've done a lot of work. I've done a lot of therapy. I've done a lot of self-reflection. Um, I've had a very, very difficult childhood, I would say. Um, I'm not going to compare it. There, there are plenty of people that have had worse, plenty of people that have had better, but we shouldn't ever compare our experiences to those of others because it's our experience at the end of the day it's personal to us um, but I've learned to grow through a lot of those traumas and they've made me they they are a huge part of who I am and I actually wouldn't change any of it mm. because I like who I am and where I am um, and I'm sitting nodding so this is the first time that we've ever had a conversation I kind of exist in some of your spaces um, I have had my eye on you for a little while to come and be a guest so I was really excited when you said yeah because I can see similarities in um, little bits. And I love, as you were talking about, like the paradox of who you are, because um, I very much explain myself in that way as well. The duality of being, we can be very, very sensible and playful and have lots of fun. It's it's so important to be able to hold all of the parts of who you are. Um, and I also big nod with when <laughs> I'm quite happy to work on myself unless I'm told to do so. <laughs> Right. The, the demand avoidance is is very strong within me. That rebel heart, Sarah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even at my own detriment, if someone think, if, if, okay, if I've so chosen to do something and somebody tells me to do it, I immediately just can't do it. So I, I think I have that. I, I have that same gut feeling. But I do have that conversation with myself about if it, if it's worth it for me, like, do I actually want to do this thing? Yeah. If it's just for them, absolutely not. But if it's something that I think is going to benefit me, then I will. I'll work through that 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 crappy feeling that I have in the beginning. Mm -hmm. of, no, absolutely not. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because at that point, it becomes choice again. Does, well, for me, it becomes choice again. I, I'm ha having that internal dialogue and kind of unpicking okay, so I was going to do this thing. Now I've been told to do this thing. Do I still want to do the thing? Yeah, I, I'm cho I'm choosing to do the thing and I'm choosing not to listen to what I'm being told to do. So interesting kind of way of, of being. Absolutely. But it's all about that internal dialogue, isn't it, really? And like you said, choice. Choice is just... And actually choice plays a massive part in my journey. We'll, we'll probably get into that a little bit more anyway, but I think that it's really great that you brought that up so early on. Yeah, and I'm going to lead you back into like your journey because <laughs> I know, like you said um, when we were talking that sort of your experiences that you you had is what led you into your business. Um, so I don't know if you want to share what what you want to share of your story. Absolutely. So this sounds even coming out of my mouth to me, it sounds like a bizarre statement to make. But my business, which is 
I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I believe hands down the most beautiful women's network that there is. It just, to me, it feels like home to so many of the ladies there. They have this incredible sense of belonging that they they have literally said to me, I've never felt this way before. I've never felt like I belonged anywhere, like I belong here. And it's just the most incredible, supportive, nurturing, loving space. Um, so my business wouldn't exist. This is the weird statement. My business wouldn't exist if my dad hadn't killed himself which sounds like a bizarre connection to make. Mm. But the truth is, is that I wouldn't be the person that I am if I hadn't experienced all the traumas that I've experienced. So <clears throat> I spend a lot of time talking about how, of course, trauma is bad. It's terrifying. It's, you know, it feels damaging. It feels like it completely breaks us sometimes. Mm. But actually for me, I felt like, and I've had, I've had this discussion many times with people in, in different ways. And some people agree, some people disagree. I felt like I had to break. You know this 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 um statement we're all broken. A lot of people disagree with it. It's like, well, but we're not broken. We're not broken because that's a bad thing. But actually, I think it's a good thing to be broken open. I think it's a really good thing to to be cracked open so you can look at all of your broken pieces and you can decide which bits you want to keep that's the best way that I can describe it so I felt like I took out all of the parts of me that had become a part of who I am <clears throat> become a part of my personality some behaviors that I really didn't want it's like I took all of that stuff out and I put put myself back together with the the pieces that I wanted to keep mm -hmm. It wasn't as simple as like, yeah, sure, let's just do that. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> just to put it out and just like, I'll have that bit and that bit, like pick and mix. <laughs> just yeah. like, like a kid in a sweet job. I'll, I'll take this one and that one. It wasn't quite as simple as that, obviously. I am oversimplifying it. But it, ultimately, when I look back on my my experience, my story, that's that's kind of what I've taken from it. So I'll try and I'll try and keep this as succinct as I can. My childhood was was difficult. Um, I have a brother who's older than me and he is a year older than me. And he was, it was the, the squeaky wheel that got the grease kind of scenario. I was very quiet. And I think because of that, everybody thought that I was okay. So all the stuff's going on around me. My mum and dad divorced when I was two because my dad was incredibly violent to my mum. He would, you know, beat her unconscious. He broke her arm. There was a lot of domestic violence going on. And he wasn't violent towards us. He was actually with me. I was almost like um, my mum's saviour in a way. She would pick me up occasionally when he was going for her to and use me almost like a shield because mm. she knew she would be safe if she was holding me. Um, and I think from that, I have this, this deep uh, sense of responsibility to protect people. I think it probably comes from there some, some yeah. way, some shape. Um, but my mum and dad divorced when I was two. He still was around. He still was very unwell. Um, he was a very unwell man. He was very unhappy. He experienced an awful lot of trauma himself in his life, as did my mum, which I think is kind of why they found each other. They both yeah. had sort of broken bits that fit together in a very strange, wonky way. Um, I do believe we choose people uh, sometimes because we feel like we have to subconsciously all of this is subconscious we yeah. can never do this consciously we choose people because we feel like we have something to learn from them or because it keeps us in a place of pain that we think we deserve you know I mean that's probably a whole other podcast anyway so my dad attempted suicide many many times I remember the first time going to see him in the hospital when I was 11 and my mum told me it was something else but I knew what it was I saw the bandages yeah. on his wrists and I knew straight away um and it it happened many times after that there was uh, a time before the day before my first GCSE exam uh I was predicted all A's and B's and uh my dad turned up at my house the day before I remember the first exam was RE and um he shows up the day before and he tells me that and I bearing in mind that I idolized my dad I mean he was on an absolute pedestal I loved him so much and I deeply believed that my love would be enough to keep him here. Yeah. Partly because my mum said to me, with love, she said it with love, never with, it was never loaded, but she said to me when I was 13, if anyone can save your dad, you can. And it was a lot of responsibility. Yeah, what a lot to carry. Yeah, and she knows that now as well. She did, she meant it purely as a, like, he loves you so much that he, yeah. he would. But it came from where she was at at that time as well. Like, we can only do what we can do in the time we learn as we go along of course absolutely 
So he comes to the house and he tells me when I'm 15 that nothing's worth living for. And he tells me that he wants to die. He tells me he's going to kill himself that day. Um, and I was so obviously so distraught that my mom threw him out of the house. And then I was angry at her because I was like, mom, I've got work to do here. You told me I could save him. I'm working. Yeah. It was like, that was the thought process. So I was angry at her. And then I chased him down the garden path. I threw my arms around his legs and I begged him not to go. And he just pushed me away and he left. And I didn't see him for months afterwards. And I thought he was gone. And a few weeks after my exams, I was, this is the moment, right? This is the moment for me when, when everything changed. I was sat on the swings in the park by myself. There was nobody else around. And I remember thinking to myself, if I just disappeared now, nobody would even notice. Nobody. And I fully, deeply believed that in my bones. And then I had this moment of, wait a second. I... I am worthless if my parents' behaviour is correct and right, because the, the behaviour of those two around me, because my mum suffered as well. She, she suffered with depression for many, many years. She is my biggest inspiration. She's the most incredible woman. She's so loving, so gifting. She has dealt with so much in her life and is still standing somehow, which I have no idea how that's possible. But she has suffered with, with mental illness as well. So I thought to myself, well, hang on a second. If my parents are perfect beings and their behavior is correct, then that, this is the science brain, then yeah. that determines me as worthless. However, I know that both of my parents are a little bit wonky because they've had their experiences that have created their personalities, their energy, their behaviors, all of that stuff is influenced by their experiences in life. And I thought to myself, well, hang on a second. If they're not superhuman, which they're not, because nobody is, nobody's perfect. We are all infallible. We all make mistakes sometimes. We're all just doing the best we can with what we've got. And I thought to myself, well, if that's the case, then I'm not worthless. I have my own worth, my own value. And I've realized quite recently that what I did in that moment was I, I stopped seeing myself as an extension of my parents. Mm. I saw myself as my own being, having my own value, my own worth that was completely separate from anything else in the world. I had my own value because I existed. And I decided I wanted to be a happy person. I decided I wanted to be successful. I decided I wanted to be confident because at that point in time, I felt worthless. I felt like I was nothing. I felt like my voice didn't mean anything. Nobody had nobody had ever listened to me. I'd always, I spent my entire childhood trying to make people around me happy. And everybody around me was depressed. I was literally setting myself up for failure on a daily basis. Yeah. How much responsibility that you internalized? Yeah. It was it was too much for a child. And I still have it. I still have that massive sense of responsibility, but I'm so much more aware of it now and I can feel it when it comes up. Yeah. Um, and I own that myself, you know. I don't I don't put that on anybody else because I'm I'm a big advocate for um, empowering yourself by recognizing your own behaviors and your own belief systems and knowing that they don't necessarily serve you or other people sometimes mm. so yeah something changed that day and I I didn't obviously overnight just suddenly become a wild success hugely confident person it took many many years absolutely um, but it was a decision it was that choice it was that that realization that I didn't have to go along with the flow of, you know, the way that my life was taking me based on what my family life was like. I decided mm -hmm. I wanted to go a different way. And I did. What a young age to have such a powerful realization. Cause like there's, there's many of us that go through life and it, I think women, especially we're kind of really conditioned by society and the way a woman is supposed to be. And it's maybe, for a lot of women they hit sort of 30 35 and have this massive awakening of hold on I mean we know that we're separate to people but it becomes very entangled mm. our acceptance of ourself becomes very entangled in how we're accepted by other people so to have that at such a young age feels like so powerful in how you can then move forward with your life from from where you started Absolutely. And I know this sounds like a bit of a weird thing to say, but I'm so grateful to my 15 year old self for realizing that then, because it meant that I could do the work then and, and be now at the age that I'm at, at 40, I can actually be like, I have 
such deep self-acceptance and and part of that is realizing like I said I'm not there yet there are still things mm. that I'd like to heal things that I would like to change ways that I want to grow and an acceptance of well actually you know even tomorrow I'm not going to be the same person I am today um and knowing that you have you have choice over that yeah. we get to decide who we want to be and a big thing this is completely separate tangent I mentioned I love a tangent that's fine I love a tangent too so I'll just follow you and we'll see where we go so the big thing that's been coming up for me recently is about permission right mm -hmm. so uh I went uh to photograph I'm a photographer as well as running my my ladies uh, networking group I went to photograph a marketing retreat but I got involved in some of the work workshops as well in September <clears throat> and one of the ladies there we were doing a, a forest bathing event and one of the ladies there was we were walking barefoot at this point um because it was part of it like to feel the earth and you know and your feet mm -hmm. connected um, and we were walking for, for quite a while and it's these are stones and sticks and things so occasionally you'd step on something that hurts a little bit um and she said oh God, i think my feet have had enough and i said put your shoes and socks back on them like literally like, i was thinking about it, she went, oh no i can't nobody else's and i was like what <laughs> if your feet are hurting Put your shoes and socks back on. And um, she actually since has, because I, I went live in my group to talk about this, I didn't mention a name, obviously, because I didn't, it's not about shaming people. It's about helping people bring their awareness to whatever's going on for them in that yeah. moment. It's that moment um, of realisation as well, isn't it? It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and she actually, her response to it was, thank you for highlighting that for me, because I realised that actually I was putting myself through something subconsciously but intentionally because mm. I felt like I like I deserved pain or I felt like I had to learn something and that was really an interesting response but it bothered me that people we don't give ourselves permission to do the things that we want or need and another example was a sound healing uh, day that I went to where we were kind of playing with the instruments there was a great big gong that's like a meter wide huge beautiful sound like it really deeply felt it in your body and there was another gong that was slightly smaller and then the rest of us were playing with like chimes and singing bowls and whatnot. And the lady on the uh, smaller gong um, was a friend of mine. And I knew she was going through some stuff, right? So we'd had a sharing circle before the lady on the big gong was also going through some very heavy stuff. And I looked at my friend on the small gong and I went, go on, give it some. Because <laughs> she was like, ting, 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 ting. And so was the lady on the big yeah, gong. Yeah. I was like, go on, give it some. And she went, bong! And the hot, the, just the sound reverberated through the entire room. And then the lady on the big, got, big gong went, like this huge sound. And then afterwards she said, oh I, oh, I only did that because you did it on your gong. And then my friend only did it because I said, go on, give it some. I was like, guys, you clearly wanted to do that. Why were you waiting for someone to give you permission? Right? Yeah. So I'm like, this is just ringing around my head now. Why are we waiting for people to give us permission to do the things that we want, to do the things that we need? If we're not hurting anybody else, why are we stopping ourselves from doing yeah. these things? And, it's so, and I think this is so important. And I think it's something mm -hmm. I get quite excited about. That self-permission, that giving permission to yourself. Um, I mean, I share permission slips in my community and encourage people to give themselves permission to do things. Nice. Because we do, we we automatically kind of, keep it smaller or like you know keep the status quo and don't necessarily recognize that you know I, I want to do this thing and there's so much I've got like loads of energy there's so much power yeah it's it's expansive <laughs> though there's so much power in stepping into giving yourself permission and like you say not to be an arsehole not to be taking from other people but to allow yourself to expand and be and be playful be joyful be just be exactly however it is you feel you need to be like putting your shoes on sounds like such a like rational thing to do your feet are hurting why would you not put your shoes on um because you feel and this that phrase really resonated for me that you feel you need to learn something and that plays out in re toxic relationships, in toxic workplaces, in environments that you don't need to be in because mm -hmm. you don't feel able to give yourself permission to step out of what is expected of you and claim what it is that feels that is what you need. 
Absolutely. I and to be honest, like I'm I'm all down with it if you are putting yourself through something with intention because you want to learn something from it. I'm I'm okay with that because I'm fine. I like lean into the discomfort, right? Big yeah. fan of that because we do learn when we get out. And that's it, that's a, a different thing, isn't it? Right, so yeah. yeah, that kind of being comfortable in the uncomfortable as you're working through a therapeutic process or something you need to do. Um but yeah, I'm definitely thinking myself where I've been in situations in life and that whole, oh, I need to learn a lesson in this and I, I need to learn to be patient or I need to learn. Actually, no, I don't. My anger is valid. My mm. the experience that I'm having right now, what's going on for me is valid and is telling me what, that what I'm experiencing is actually not okay and I can do something about this if I want to. Absolutely. And I think we do. The big problem is when we, we allow ourselves to stay in situations that are uncomfortable to us, because on some level, we feel like we deserve the pain. Because that all of that, I think is it on the most part is unconscious. And if it's conscious, then we've got a real problem, because that that's a real self harming behavior, then isn't yeah. it that we're putting our putting ourselves through pain, because we think we deserve it we really need to have a good conversation with ourselves, a very loving, kind, non-judgmental conversation with ourselves when we're in mm. that kind of place. But when we don't know, we've, we've got even less power. When we're letting ourselves stay in these situations that are painful to us, we're allowing that to happen to us, that's even worse, isn't it? Because you're you're completely disempowered in that situation because you don't even know that you're doing it. Mm. And I think like when we bring it back to the topic, that is where kind of community and connection are important because when you're, as a woman, in communities with other women and you start to have these conversations and you start to realise, oh, yeah, I, to a degree, I choose this thing unconsciously, Um but there's someone over here that's experienced this and have come through it or they've used a tool or it starts to open your mind up to the unconscious choices that you make and that there is possibility of a different outcome there is possibility of a different choice yeah. because if you've always lived a certain way if your family of origin have always done a thing it just becomes this unconscious thing that you do and until you experience the wider world sometimes we we just don't question things because we haven't yet opened our eyes up to that we need to absolutely I was having a conversation with some of the ladies in my group the other day and one of them was talking about her relationship and another lady said you're in an abusive relationship and she went oh god I am and she mm. didn't realize until she'd actually mm. said those things out loud to somebody else because you believe it's normal you believe it's okay because that's kind of what you've always experienced Mm. And um, something, a fabulous conversation with a lady, I was talking about um, my brother who ha has struggled because of his experiences or because of our experiences. Um, and he, it's almost like he doesn't believe he deserves good things. So if ever there's a fork in the road in life and he's got a choice to make, he'll choose the one that's going to screw him over in some way rather than the thing that's going to take him forward. And and I was talking to her about self-sabotaging personalities. And she said, there's no such thing as a self-sabotaging personality. I was like, tell me more. I'm interested. Um, and ultimately it makes sense, right? Because the human brain is hardwired with one job. That's it. It's not about finding you happiness. It, it certainly isn't about self-harming or self-sabotaging. It's about keeping you safe. Absolutely. It's about keeping you alive. That's all the brain is looking for, right? So what happens in that situation is that it's not what it's not that it seeks out what's going to harm you. It seeks out what's familiar to you because familiarity is what the brain perceives as safe. Mm -hmm. But if what is familiar to you is, you know, psychologically or physically abusive relationships from your childhood, then a big like the big part of your brain is actually looking for that because that's just what's normal to you. And that is heartbreaking for me that we we almost have to work against our own brains in a way or maybe that's not the right terminology. We have to find a way to work with our brains to teach it a different way, to teach yeah. it that something else is normal, something else needs to be familiar to us. But again, we do have that choice. We feel like we don't, when, even when we feel like we're trapped. The only time when you're actually trapped is when somebody's put you in a cage and kidnapped you. We're never trapped in a relationship. We always have choice. Easy for me to say that I've never been personally in, in, a, in a violent or abusive relationship. Um, so it's 
possibly a bit of a flippant comment to make, but I truly believe that we can empower ourselves and actually community and support from external sources is, is I would imagine the key. I'm not an expert in domestic violence, so I'm not even going mm. to go any further into that. Um, but I do think that ultimately we ha we have that choice. But of yeah, course, yeah. the psychology of it is is complicated. And actually, just backtracking a little bit, I had a great conversation with one of the ladies in the group who runs um, a community program to help women who have been, you know, domestically domestically abusive mm. um, relationships, or you know, any kind of abusive relationship. People in situations where there's drugs, all kinds of things. And she herself came out of a nine-year abusive relationship physically. And she said that the psychology of the brain changes and actually trauma does rewire your brain. Yeah. And what is reasonable to you is not what's reasonable to somebody who hasn't been in that situation, you know? Yeah, and, and we won't kind of, because as you say, it's not an area of expertise. We're not experts in it. So no, um, it's something I have some training in because I've worked as a couples counsellor, but it's, it's kind of in a different, you know, it's a different sort of way. And it's such a big topic. Yeah. Um, but I completely agree with what you're saying. Yes, you do have choice. However, it's going to be really difficult to know that when you're in yeah. the situation. Like you said, if one, you don't even realise that it is abusive. Because when, usually when we talk about domestic violence or abuse, the, the thing that most people's mind goes to is physical violence. And it is so much more insidious than yeah. that. Um, it, it, yeah, so it, it can feel really difficult to know that you're even in a relationship that is abusive yeah. and that you have <laughs> choice but I absolutely echo there is choice and there are support networks and there are spaces that you can go to if that's yeah. something that a listener's experiencing and sort of just from the little bits that we've talked about is like oh am I struggling you know is this something that I am experiencing there are places that you can reach out to that will safely help you recognize that you are in a relationship that is abusive and how to um, safely work on exiting that because a lot of work for, for many people needs to go in that to do it safely. Yeah, and I, I, didn't, I didn't want to generalize. I realized as I said it, it was a massive generalization, but I, the, truthfully, we do have choice. It's just that yeah, yeah. we can't see the choice. And, and even this idea of reaching out and, and building a support network around you possibly feels like that's not even an option when you're in that situation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, again, talking wild, widely, it can feel impossible because you, you're constantly in a state of trauma. You're constantly in a state of fight or flight. Your nervous system is overloaded, so you're mm -hmm. overwhelmed. When you're in that state, making decisions is really difficult. The the person that you professes to love you, that you love, treats you in a way that is in conflict with what love should be. But also, if you've experienced that growing up, that's your blueprint for what love is. So they, on some level, you know it's not okay. But like you say, it's are the unconscious stuff, isn't it? That that tells us that it is okay if you. Yeah. don't feel good enough it's all of these things that kind of just on top of each other so it it can be done absolutely you, you can make changes and, and you've got choice you absolutely have choice and there's spaces and places that you can go to but it's that unconscious stuff and it's the unpicking and the doing the work that it you've got to start and that again is where community and connection can be so important many people who go through that domestic abuse are isolated so it's like just being able to get into community is that first step I know we've gone off on a real tangent so we'll... <laughs> <laughs> um I think it's something that I can speak to from personal experience yeah, and, and and this I I will I, I think I don't think I'll ever understand this but my mum says to me that still to this day that my dad was the love of her life mm. um <clears throat> in spite of all of that yeah uh so and I, I find that fa the psychology of that fascinating um, and it, it honestly makes me question love a little bit yeah. um, because that is, so, like I said, something I will never personally understand. Mm. Um, but I do know that we are just such complicated, dynamic creatures. Um, and I think, you know, coming back to the, the element of choice, the choice is, is always um, do I listen to myself? do I do I value myself 
Um, it's we make it about us, right? So even before we make it about external decisions or actions or behaviors, we decide to choose ourselves first. Yeah. Um, and it's not it's not always an easy choice uh, yeah. because it usually means not choosing somebody else. Um, but I think we have to always choose ourselves first because we get one shot here. I mean, I mean, I'm quite weirdy woo. Um, and I know lots of ladies who believe in past lives and yeah. you know, reincarnation. And it's not my personal belief system, but I genuinely believe we just get one shot here. So we we need to live our truest, most beautiful lives. And we can't do that if we are too busy seeking externally for validation, for reassurance for permission we need to start looking inside for that stuff because yeah. that's the real powerful stuff when somebody else gives you those things it's not as powerful as when you give it to yourself completely agree with you it's um so important to have that internal kind of conversation with yourself and be able to connect in with the fact that you are enough wherever you are however you are you know whatever place you're in on your journey bringing it back to that if you feel that you're broken or have been broken open like you're still enough how you are and what you like I mean I I'm, too many thoughts let me gather like absolutely <laughs> like because <laughs> one of the things I talk about is you know it's like living living your life your best way yeah. like, so it's, it is about yes we're mindful of the impact that we have on other people but absolutely choose you in the decisions that you're making because you are the most important person in your life giving yourself love giving yourself um permission as you've said to do the things that you want to do allowing yourself to have joy operating from a place of being full is so much more fun is so much more fulfilling is so much more interesting and it it ripples out into the community that you're in the people that you choose to love because you then are giving of yourself from a place of being full of feeling expansive again of, of you know fe being full up being kind of heart it full in your heart and giving giving from a place of wanting to give is such a different energy to of i suppose i have to do this thing for this person or feeling yeah. guilt around something it's if we're people pleasing, um, this is something I've been exploring around. I heard somebody say people pleasing is manipulation. And I thought, oh, that's a really interesting way of thinking about it. And as harsh as it feels, I agree with the sentiment because you aren't operating from a place of, you know, you're not giving because you want to give you are in a way trying to manipulate the outcome from another person yeah and I think yeah. when you or for me when I start to think about that I thought yeah there are times in my life like where you know you, you're people pleasing because you you've been taught that's the way to be um but you're not allowing if you say don't want to say no to somebody you're not allowing them to experience your no you're not allowing them to experience the reality of who you are so there is an element of mm -hmm manipulation there whether it's to keep yourself safe whether it's just because you don't know any different I thought yeah. it's quite interesting if you start to reframe it in uh I'm from I'm trying to keep everyone happy to I'm trying to manipulate everybody else's happiness it feels very different and is maybe not something people want to do because it doesn't feel so good when you think about it that way yeah absolutely gosh there's so many things so many points that came out for you when you were talking and the first thing was coming back to something that glennon doyle wrote in untamed which is just the most phenomenal book she was talking to her daughter and her daughter was saying well i didn't want to disappoint you about something so she did something she didn't want to do because she didn't want to disappoint her mum. and her and glennon doyle said to her if ever you have to choose between disappointing someone else and disappointing yourself you disappoint someone else yeah and she was like what even you mum?" and she said yes even me because that's how important it is that we live our own life. And she also talked about how, like, when did it become a bad thing that we that being like being full of yourself was a bad thing? Oh, you're so full of yourself. Yeah, that's a great thing, right? What else is in there if it's not all me? I mean, yeah. you know. And that's the um, 
there's sort of there's like the, there's I mean that's possibly where the manipulation comes in because like you definitely you desperately want people to like you but you're not showing up as you you're showing yeah. up as like a weird version of yourself and then actually yeah. you're you're sort of getting people to like something that's not authentic and that feels, yeah. that feels what you believe they want you to be but like just be you and the people that are important like the people that love you for you will love you for you be you like attract that tribe or vibe or you know the people the connection the community that kind of see you and recognize that you are you and that's okay in your imperfection in your like what whatever it is that you bring along because it's like it's okay this is literally my favorite thing to talk about so when we were talking about not being enough just now you mentioned it so there's the i'm not thin enough i'm not pretty enough i'm not smart enough i'm I'm not good enough essentially all that comes down to is i'm not enough right mm -hmm. i'm not enough as i am but i've had this i've been thinking about this a lot recently maybe we don't feel like we're enough because we're not being our whole selves right we're not being yeah. full of ourselves of course we don't feel like we're enough because we're only being like 70 percent us so be that 100% you. And actually, something beautiful happens when you do that. So I always used to use dating as an analogy, right? If you show up on a date, right? And you yeah. show up as this like half-assed version of yourself that <laughs> isn't actually you uh, because you want that person to like you. Yeah. You're just sort of like testing the water. You're like, I'm just going to be this like slightly toned down or or possibly like more lively or like, but it, you're not entirely yourself, right? What the, the worst thing that's going to or the best thing that's going to happen is that that person's going to like that version of you. And then somewhere down the line, they're going to realize that's not entirely you. And then they're going to wander off. And by that point, you've become invested in this relationship. But actually, they were never the person for you because you were never showing up as the right person for them. And the whole thing's just confusing. The worst case scenario is when you show up as this half-assed version of yourself is that that person sitting opposite you may have absolutely fallen head over heels in love with you if you'd shown up as yourself, but because you didn't, they're not interested. Yeah, and I'm laughing because uh, when I met my husband, I the phrase I used is I was obnoxiously me. Like I was, I, I brought <laughs> yes. every part of who I was. I, <laughs> bless him, he's been on a journey. Um, like I wasn't gonna be any less. I wasn't gonna pretend I wasn't happy with things that I wasn't happy with. I wasn't gonna. I still, I mean, I don't. You know, I. It was just as it is, as it is, and because it got to a point where it's like I, I need to be accepted as I am. Don't put me on a pedestal. Don't like make me this like, you know, untouchable, amazing person. I, I am flawed. We all have moments but you know what I'm okay with that I'm on a journey I'm rediscovering who I am and I will bring each and every part of that with me because that is what you're going to be in relationship with and we will grow and we will change and each evolution of me you get to experience and I think that's it's so important to show up as as you are because you need to give it the best chance from the start, right? Because like I said, eventually people will figure it out that you that wasn't ever you and then they'll wander off because they'll realize you're not the person for them. And that's yeah. not just in like personal relationships, that's in friendships, in work relationships, it's in all of the relationships. Yeah. I love that you said be obnoxiously. So I say <laughs> I always say be unapologetically you, but I might yeah. upgrade it to be obnoxiously. Yeah, I mean because it kind of felt because of where I've been to where I was, that's kind of how it felt for me. And it's like, no, I'm just not I'm just not now. This is it. Like this is the reality of who I am in this moment and and that's what I'm sharing and like people around me sometimes go oh my god you're so confident and it's like it's not that it's not necessarily that I'm always confident um it's just that I choose to do what is right for me and like sometimes I am shy sometimes I do feel like overwhelmed so sometimes I do feel all these things but I'm okay with being in the uncomfortable because for me what's on the other side of that is so much more important than it just being comfortable and being like oh this feels okay like no I want it to be what I want it to be <laughs> and, and sometimes and you have to go through the sticky stuff 
So there's, I think there's a bit of a, like an upward spiral or a downward spiral, depending on which way you go with it. So when you, um, so my community is a prime example, right? So there's lots of ladies that have said they show, they, they started showing up in there because they felt like it was a really safe place to be. Mm -hmm. There's no judgment. It's very much about kindness and curiosity over judgment. And it's, that's one of my values. I really impress <laughs> that on the group. I'm laughing because um, wait till I finish the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> so good um so because it's this safe space they felt like they could like dip a toe in showing up as themselves right because a lot of a lot of us don't show up as ourselves online some of us don't even do it in our own like daily lives right like we hide parts of ourselves or we dim ourselves down or you know we take the shine off and we're not fully embracing who we are and showing up that way and it makes me cry like from mm. every pore because it's just so sad because we have so much to offer, but if we can't offer that unless we find the right people to offer it to, because, you know, we can do the best work with the people who really get us and really relate to us and really connect with our energy and all of that lovely stuff. And if we're not showing up, then those people can never find us. Yeah. But in the group, so what happened was they they would, they would dip a toe and they, they'd like, like experiment a bit and they pop up a little post sharing a little bit of their story and then they get this lovely feedback this lovely embrace of it's so lovely to see you to see you right and then they go oh well that felt nice and then they'd show up a little bit more as their unapologetic selves and then they'd get an even bigger embrace because it's the right place for them and I think that this, so this is the upward or downward spiral is that if you're willing to be brave and take that little step forward in the right space, so you have to read the room a little bit, because if mm -hmm. you do that in a place where you will not receive um, a warm welcome, then yeah. it's going to make you just rescind, like, like tied back in, into yourself. Um, but if you do it in the right places, then you will be warmly welcomed. And it's almost like people are going like that, like to just like pull you out of yourself very gently. And then you become deeply accepting of yourself because you've been accepted by others. But it has to start with that accepting yourself enough to try. So it starts with you. And then it's that upward spiral of other people accept and love me so I love and accept myself a bit more and I feel more confident and then I show up even more of myself and then people love me even more and then I get even more confident and that's where the upward spiral is and it obviously works the other way around as well yeah where we get worse and worse if we're around the wrong people and that's why community is so important choosing the right community being around the right people is so important for our own personal sense of self really mm. I've heard a great quote the other day which was we find selfhood in unity and I love that because actually that that is the power of community yeah. is that it enables so I thought for a while I genuinely thought oh we have to just go and like self-accept by ourselves over here not with anybody else I thought that for a while and then I was like no that's silly we can't do it on our own like it's too hard there are too many moving parts in our lives and we have yeah. to surround ourselves with people that uplift us and people that believe in us and people that tell us that we're great and people that tell us that they love us but we get to choose that we do we get to choose the people that we surround ourselves with not so much with family that's a bit of a well area. I mean I would say you still have a choice you still have a choice you do it's not be easy <laughs> but there is a choice yeah of there's always a choice it's just yeah. you know, a hard choice an easy choice there's always a choice <laughs> yeah yeah and that and that in itself is hard sometimes to kind of accept that there yeah. is a choice and yeah. and sometimes we do choose things that aren't great for us but you know it's it is part of the journey it's part of the learning experience and it's part of kind of becoming yeah and I think the key to all of this really is is the awareness piece right it's the bringing your awareness to your internal conversation because we've all got a dialogue going like all the time um, and I think it's really important for us to have a little listen into that, you know, and I think the most powerful um, sort of strategy, I think, that I've used over the years, and I probably realized it when I was 15, I don't think I realized I was doing it when I was 15, but it was the tool, was to step outside of that conversation and to be an observer yes. of your own thoughts, of your own belief systems and and have a always always a loving kind compassionate conversation we have to take the judgment out of it because if we are judging ourselves constantly we're never going to get anywhere 
So we have to be kind and compassionate to ourselves, be curious about ourselves, ask ourselves, why am I thinking that? Where does that belief come from? Because honestly, I did a blog post about this the other day. Uh, at the end of the day, the narrative that's going on inside of us becomes our reality, right? So the stories we tell ourselves become our reality. We need to tell ourselves better stories. Yeah. And then our reality changes. And that headly is what I've been sat with this week, trying to write a post about the stories that we tell ourselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And I how to kind of change that. Because like, you know, when we're in kind of the depths of sort of anxiety or, or you know, we're, we're struggling with things, we can tell ourselves these stories about how we can't do stuff. And I strongly believe that we can flip that. Like we've, So we've all got this ability to tell ourselves stories to stop ourselves from doing the things that we want to do. So we yeah. can shift that and tell ourselves stories that empower us and, and help us achieve the things that we want to do. And it is just tiny little tweaks, little moments of checking in with ourselves, not being judgmental, like you say, observing our thoughts, observing like... The things that we do and 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 be like catching ourselves and like yeah. ah so at this point i've got a choice i can spiral up i can spiral down and yes it sounds really simplistic when i put it like this i absolutely acknowledge it is a process yeah. it is difficult it takes time like i've been there i've been at the space where i made myself so much smaller to accommodate other people and you know a, a message that i was given that it was i was too intimidating I was too intelligent I was too capable so I made myself yeah I made myself smaller and smaller and smaller um and it's like, actually that's not my problem if you feel intimidated by me that's not my problem because for the right people how I show up is exactly what they need and they're my people yeah. they're the people those, those I... people the ones that were intimidated they they're the ones that need to have a conversation with themselves about yeah. why, why do but I I, I took that yeah. and it and I've changed my story around that and mm. I've you know so it's we've all we can all do it it might be difficult it might take some time but it is like those little moments and giving yourself credit when you do it and just you know if you kind of fall back into old patterns it's okay but recognize that you're doing it mm. make that choice again reinvest in yourself and and step forward into what it is that you want to create because when we imagine it, when we start to build it up in our mind, when we think about it and we create that reality and we can step and, and walk into that future that we want for ourselves. Absolutely. And I think the other thing as well that makes it slightly more complicated is not just about belief. Sometimes it's about like what's going on behind the belief. Sometimes it's about the fear. If um, So we'll use like a belief as a, a reason to not do something like as an excuse. Yeah. For example, um, I'm not good at showing up on social media. But actually what's going on is I don't want to show up on social media because I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid of success. I'm afraid that nobody will engage. I'm afraid that I'll feel irrelevant, insignificant. You know, there's all of these fears that go on behind it. So we have to, this is why the conversation with ourselves has to be kind because it takes a lot of unpicking and we need to be, we need to be nice to ourselves, you know, when we uncover excuses. So constantly I hear from women in business, I don't have time to do that, right? Granted, it's often a legitimate part of the reason why you're not doing something. I think yeah. it's really the whole reason. So it's a very convenient excuse because time is finite. Yeah. And truthfully, we will find time to do the things that we feel comfortable with um the things that are easy you know we can find time to do those things but we will use it as an excuse to not show up on social media for example when actually we're afraid to show up on social media because of how you know we worry about what people think about us or any number of reasons so we have to be mindful of the excuses that we're using for not doing the things so it's belief systems it's excuses there's 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 a whole set of stuff that goes on that relates to our past and experiences that we've had that create the stories we tell ourselves. And that's why, you know, like I said, the kindness is, is such a big part yeah. of it. Because if we start judging ourselves in that situation, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so stupid for thinking that way. Ah, no. <laughs> yeah, because you're just doubling down on, on <laughs> what you're already telling yourself and the exactly. things that you're already afraid of. Um, yeah, and it's it's something that I talk about um, and I... I see that's why what you talk about resonates so much with 
me um it is that kindness to self it is that being aware of yourself talk it is being curious it is being kind to yourself like you live with you 24 7 like you need to be talking to yourself with kindness um out loud in your head in the in your journals in your jokes in everything that you do because it all impacts on your experience of who you are yeah I've got I've been running through my head so often when I hear you know the ladies in my group talking about their lack of self-belief or lack of confidence and in my brain because I've done so much work around this in my brain I'm like why would you not believe in yourself we're all incredibly capable we all have a like a, a myriad skills you know there's, there's there's things that we can do that other people can't do but we don't see that right comparisonitis works both ways actually yeah. we compare ourselves to people and we put ourselves down because we're not as good as them but actually you can do positive comparisonitis as well right you can see all of the things that you do have that other people don't have but we don't do that we tend to focus on the negatives mm. so and obviously I forget sometimes as well because I I at some point in the past felt exactly the same way but because for me it was a while ago and I'm not in that headspace now it's hard for me to get into it um so I have to really really focus and think well okay so you feel that way because of this yeah. but but also why would we not believe in ourselves it's just I know it seems like a really simple question but like this is what we've got right we are so capable we are powerful beyond anything that we could possibly understand but we don't allow ourselves to tap into that we don't allow ourselves to be our full selves and I think possibly that's why that's why mm. we don't believe in ourselves mm. yeah I mean we could I think we could probably talk for hours and hours <laughs> I think we've already <laughs> talked longer than uh, we <laughs> intended to um so I think I'm going to leave it at that question so many to, more things yeah, to talk about <laughs> absolutely absolutely um <laughs> I mean I've loved it and I I feel like I could talk for days and maybe you'll come back on another time and we can cover another topic but I feel if that's okay for you now we kind of bring it to a close um people can come and find us in our communities and can and continue the conversation if they wish absolutely is, is there anything you want to leave people listening with today I think just to reiterate the because I, I do think the repetition is powerful, the, the element of choice that we have to bring our awareness to our internal conversation, because that's where the power is. We can't we can't change our lives by changing the world around us. We can change the world around us by changing our internal lives. So the conversation mm. that we're having inside and something else that I think is a really I mean, this is how I always get the girls in my community because we're all empathetic women we all care so deeply about other people and we want the best for others right so I always say to them look at it this way by giving yourself permission to be your full unapologetic truest most beautiful self you give permission to all of those people around you to do the same and what an incredible gift is that mm. And I so agree with you. So I'm going to leave it at that rather than add more on because I feel like we'll just start talking and be here for a few more hours. <laughs> thank you so much for coming and being my guest today. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Yeah, you too, lovely. I would happily come on again. I love talking about this stuff. I think it's the, the power of conversation, right? Like um, yeah. our, our, our saying in Affinity is changing the world one conversation at a time. And this really is like spreading of ideas, exchanging resources. Like this is how we change the world through these kind of conversation. I love it. All your details will be in the show notes. Same for me. If you uh, want to find me or my guests, you can find me on Facebook as SRTT Self Care or visit srtt.co.uk. Um, hope that you've enjoyed today's episode and as always stay curious and be kind to yourself <laughs> I don't know you were laughing <laughs> I love it